Yeah, we're we're blessed uh, to have uh, the band and vocalists we've got. Uh, I uh, no matter no matter what I ask them, they they yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what I ask, they'll, they'll be like, well, that'll be a tough one, but I think we can pull it off. So, uh, shine, uh, collective soul. When you first listen to it, it it sounds like a prayer to me. You know, heaven let your light shine down. You know, give me a word, give me a sign, you know, something so that I, I know you're out there. You know, so often, uh, I, I think this is where we find ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ. The, the Apostle Paul, he puts it this way, he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, we're in this series, Jump. And I've said, uh, jumping is a spiritual thing. In fact, jumping is an important part of following Jesus Christ and being faithful. The fact is, today what I want to do is I want to talk about a subject that I think will require you to kind of abandon conventional wisdom, to actually take a step of faith in your life, take a risk, and, and actually jump. You know, to walk by faith, not by sight. And so today what I want to talk about are leadings, or promptings from God. See, I believe if you're going to be faithful and follow Jesus Christ and follow God, you've got to get a handle on the will of God for your life, which I think when you first hear that, it seems difficult and it seems just a challenge to actually understand what it is that God wants. You know, teach me how to speak. You know, teach me how to share. Teach me where to go. You know, will love be there? I mean, will it? I mean, do, do you wish God would just deliver you a step-by-step, here's what to do? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, with clear responsibilities, well-defined duties, give you all the details, and so you could go, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. I, I think that would be great. I mean, what is, what is God's will? It seems so big. You know, I, I've shared before, I, I enjoy grocery shopping. I really do. I, I really do. I, I uh, find myself as I'm going through the store, uh, I'll get an item and then I start facing the products up, you know. And uh, I'll, I'll see something that's not where it's supposed to be. And so I'll pick it up, put it in my cart, and return it to the correct location. And it's, and it's kind of interesting because every once in a while, people notice me doing this. And so they make an assumption, and they'll come over and go, hey, could you help me with something? And so I usually just go with it, you know. And uh, I'll go, oh, aisle three, and, you know, or I'll take them over to find what it is they're looking for. I think it all tracks back to my family had a grocery store when I was a young kid, and then all my uh, high school, college age uh, worked at Kroger. And so several years ago, I was uh, shopping, and uh, I had my list. And so the store was really, really busy. I got all my stuff, filled the cart. I mean, it was totally full. And I was at the checkout. And then I, I realized I didn't have my wallet. 
And so talked to the cashier. I left my cart next to, next to her lane and headed home to get my wallet. Well, when I returned, my cart was gone. Yeah, aw, you know. So I did some investigating, kind of bounced around, and finally determined that one of the employees had returned all the items back to the shelf. And so I thought, and I tend, tend to, you know, those moments that tries your patience, but I thought, okay, no big deal. I'll just start again. So I got, got my cart, went, went into the store, and then I realized I left my list out in the car. Well, by the time I got to the car, it starts pouring down rain. And so I got back in the store. I'm wet at this point. And and I think, I mean, just thinking back through it, I think that's when things started getting to me at that point. So I I reshopped my list, got in line, and waited, and waited, and waited. It it just like, hello, it was so slow. Got to the belt, I load up all my groceries, the register breaks down. They go, you'll need to move everything over to the other side. And so I load my cart back up, go over, put everything back on the, on the other lane. And then I get ready to pay. So I get my wallet out, get my card out, and they go, the reader's not working. You'll need to pay cash. What? I mean, so, so the bagger, well, my groceries are all bagged, puts them all in the cart, puts it in the lane next to the cashier again, and I head home to get my checkbook, which I never use. And, and so I get the checkbook and uh, get, get back, and when I return, not only are my groceries gone, but the cashier's gone. And so I hunt around, I finally find the cashier, she's on break, I never did find the groceries, so we don't, we don't know what happened. I mean, somebody walked out with them, who knows? Round three. I got everything, didn't need my list. I had it memorized at that point. <laughs> and friends, I got to my car. I'm loading the groceries. It's pouring and it's cold. It's cold and pouring. And I, I just did one of these. I sat down in the car and just collapsed, you know. And I had a really bad state of mind, all right? I'm frustrated. I'm thinking bad things. I'm thinking bad words. I mean, the, the whole thing. I just wanted to get home. And then I noticed an older lady and her car's not starting. I can hear that click, 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 click. I did tell you it's cold and raining, right? I got an attitude at this point. I'll I'll be honest. I I am thinking the worst of everybody, you know? And so I'm sitting, looking at the situation, and I'm thinking, well, if I don't help her, I'll probably keep her from going to the gambling boat or robbing a bank or, you know, beating a little puppy or something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, something like that. And I remember this very vividly. God brought a verse that I'd read earlier in the week. Kind of prompted my mind. Now, I'll be honest, I kind of read it before. 
but I didn't really think about it. And it just hit me, just hit me. In fact, the verse is up there. It says, your own soul is nourished when you're kind, and it's destroyed when you're cruel. So God's kind of nudging me at this point. You know, Damon, not been a very good day, has it? Damon, you've got an opportunity to offset a bunch of frustration in your life right now. You've got to get out of the car and go help her and bless her. You know, bless this woman, Damon. So half of me, all right, is thinking, I don't think so. <laughs> Come on, I'm not the only one here, right, right? I mean, we all think that way sometimes. The other half of me was, maybe I will. And so I got out of the car I walked over, knocked on her window. I said, I think your battery's dead. She says, yes, I left my lights on, and I need to get a new battery. And So I get my jumper cables, got the car started. And when I returned to the car and sat down, friends, I'll be honest with you, it was like a wave of warmth. And I, and I know I'm going to sound a little, uh, a little bit mystical at this point, but, but it was like a, a wave of well-being. It, it just swept over me. And so all that frustration and anxiety, it, it just kind of dissipated at that point. And for the first time in several hours, hours, <laughs> I felt good. And it all happened because of a little prompting, little leading from God, all right? Now, I know some of you right now are thinking, well, that's not a very big deal, Damon. I'm not sure little things really matter. Now, now if, if God was to prompt me with something really big, I, I'd do that. I'd do that. Would you? Would you? You know, Jesus said this. He says, if you're faithful in little things, then you'll be faithful in large ones. It starts with being obedient with the little things in life. You know, when you sense God's leading, that prompting, that little thing, you learn to jump. You learn to take that step. And as you're faithful with that, more leadings, bigger leadings, they'll follow. They always do. You know, Mother Teresa used to say, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love, with great love. Christ followers how does God communicate with us? Well, through the Bible, for one, which means you have to read your Bible, and through the unique ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit that prompts you, that, that guides you, that affirms you, that encourages you when you need it. That, that Holy Spirit that, that directs your steps, that rebukes you or, or con- comforts you in, in those tough times. See, God wants to communicate with you. That's what I want you to know. God wants to communicate with you, but you have to pay attention. You have to build a little bit of solitude into your schedule and into your life. You have to push aside the distractions of life and live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit no matter what's going on around you. You know, teach me how to speak, Lord. Teach me how to share. Teach me where to go. Lead me, God. I'll pay attention. And friends, you would be shocked and amazed at what would happen in your spiritual life if you just learned to listen a little bit. Now, it comes to leadings, I, I think the, there's a question that immediately arises, and that is, how do you know if the leading's from God, right? And that, that very question would suggest that there are other sources in our life that are vying for control of our minds. In fact, the Bible is very clear. The the evil one plays that game, specializes in introducing confusion into your life. You know, so it's, it's vital. It is absolutely vital that you know where that leading is coming from. You know that little whisper, hey, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. You know, Adam and Eve, they find this out beginning of history, the first pages of Scripture. You know, we've got the evil one whispering. I know God says don't eat from the tree, but, but, but go ahead. Because when you eat from it, you'll be like God. You, you won't die. And Adam and Eve, <laughs> they jump. Friends, they, they, they checked it out. They followed that leading, and we're still paying for it today. You know, who, who, who occasionally leads you and me to sin? Who leads you to to be arrogant in the moment? To, To say something hurtful to someone else? I mean, who is it that that allows you and calls you to care less about other people and care more about your life, your future, your concerns, your your fulfillment. I mean, who is that? Christ followers, who is it? I mean, you got to think about that. And who is it that calls you to be bold sometimes in a situation and to be honest with other people? to uh, sacrifice something? Who is it that calls you to break a habit in your life, to, to make a life change that's significant, to take a step of faith? I mean, who is it that, that calls you that way? What I want you to understand is there's a war in this world, and we don't have time to go into it, but Scripture says that over and over, my experience in life would tell me it is a war, and it's a battle for your mind. 
It's a battle for your mind, and it's why John John says that we need to test the spirit, you know, those leadings that, that we hear. He says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Rather, test the spirit to see whether they're from God. So how do you do that? How, how do you test the spirit? How do you test a leading, that whisper in your ear? How do you, how do you make sure that you're taking your cues from the right source in life? And so here's some things I think that help a lot. And they're really kind of a one, two, three. You know, if a leading is from God, it will always, always, it will what? Always be consistent with the Bible. You know, for example, if a leading is calling you to be unfaithful to your spouse, and I'll be honest, I hear this one a lot of times. Oh, God really wants me to be with them instead. I will tell you, that's not from God. That's not from God. No way it's from God. The, the fact is, if you receive a, a leading, cheat on the exam. Everybody does it. Lie to the customer, make the sale. You know, you receive that, that leading to, to do something hurtful that's going to harm someone else. A leading to deceive your, your kids or your parents. If it does not square with Scripture, friends, it's not from God, period. It's just that simple. It, it, it should be fairly obvious to us. If it doesn't sink, you reject it, you dismiss it, you walk away from it. On the other hand... If a leading is consistent with God's word, it may, may, okay, it may be a nudge from God at that point. But before you jump, I think there's another filter you got to take it through. Leadings from God are almost always consistent with who God created you to be. You know, your personality, your makeup, how, how you're designed. And I think this one should be of interest to everybody here because I think it's about vocational leadings, young people, you know, high school, college age, you know, you're trying to figure out where to go. I think God leads us vocationally. I, I think uh, about leadings in, in our life that it's about life planning. Our God is a God of purpose. God will build on your uniqueness. God loves to take your abilities and stretch them, make you better at what you're, you're good at. God will almost always, all right, most of the time, lead you in a way that is very consistent with how he's gifted you. This one baffles me, especially on the vocational front. You know, I'll, I'll hear people, and, and they, they somehow, they, they believe that they should do something otherwise. You know, there, there's just this assumption in them that uh, God will lead them in, in a different direction. And so I'll have someone that they're just about connecting with people, you know, their personalities to connect, talk, spend time with people. And they'll go, feel like I'm being led to take a job. There's no human interaction. I'm going to sit behind a computer all day and never talk to anyone, but, but it's really good pay. 
And so off they go. You know, someone that, that uh, loves being outdoors. And they'll go, wow, I, I think God's leading me to take this job. I'll be in an office. There are no windows. It's in downtown St. Louis. I'll, I'll, but, but I think that's where God's leading me. And friends, I, I sit and I just want to scream. I have these sad conversations too often. Friends, if you sense God leading you in a direction that is contrary to your natural giftedness, this is just my simple counsel, okay? It's my opinion. Test the leading. Move very carefully. Because most of the time, God's going to call you to something that's consistent with how you're gifted. In other words, if you can't carry a tune, God's probably not calling you to be a singer, all right? Leadings from God often and regularly involve servanthood. They, they involve an element of sacrifice in your life. You know, in Acts 20, Paul, Paul writes, he says, And now in obedience to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that every city the Holy Spirit has warned me that prison and troubles wait for me. I want you to think about that for a moment. Paul, Paul is following the Holy Spirit. And Paul's going where the Holy Spirit's calling him. And he knows he's going to have to sacrifice prison and troubles. Here's something I've learned. Almost always, the leadings from the evil one, leadings that are kind of self-created, are almost always self-promoting, self-serving, and self-centered in life. Almost always. You know, I've had uh, numerous pastors, uh, they'll approach me and because we started the, the church, they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I feel like God's calling me to start a church. And they'll ask me at some point, they'll go, so what's it take? What have I got to do? And I'll say to them, and it's the same thing each time, I'll say, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. I'll look at where they're at and I'll go, probably means you're going to take a significant cut in pay. There will be no benefits. You're going to have to work harder and longer than you do now because you won't have a staff initially. You're it. You know, you get a team around you, but you're the one has got to take all the calls. But if God's calling you to start a church, God will make a way for you. There is nothing greater that you could do. Had this conversation numerous times. And to date, I always have the same response. Well, I can't do that. 
but I want to start a church. And then I'll say, well, here's my perspective. You're not asking it, but I'm going to give it. You're probably not going to like it. But there's one of two things going on right now. Either God is leading you to start a church, and you're not willing to take the risk, you're not willing to make the sacrifice, and you're not willing to be obedient. Or God is not calling you to start a church. It's just something that you'd like to do if it were really easy. You know, I was thinking about this whole topic, and I realized the most dramatic leadings in my life, all of them have involved demotions in my life. Every time. Now, I want to be very careful because I'm not saying every leading causes you pain, okay? But what I'm saying that many times those leadings and, and require you not only to test the spirit, but oftentimes they're going to require you to take a risk. They're going to be um, gut-wrenching at points. And they are going to test your faith almost always. They're going to force you to examine yourself, your motives. They're going to demand your, your full attention and your full obedience. And at some point, they're going to require you to push against that fear and just jump, just jump. You know, I think there's things you've got to consider when you have these leadings in your life. The fact is, if a leading requires you to make a major change in your life in a very short amount of time, you know, you should question that. You should. Because usually it's over time. I mean, I've found if you're in a panic and you got kind of frenzied decision-making going on, that rarely, rarely is that God calling you because God prepares you for that moment over time. You know, if a, a leading requires you to go deeply in debt, all I would say is slow down, slow down. If that leading requires you to put someone in a position of awkwardness, or to compromise or put someone else in danger, those aren't leadings from God usually. If it requires you to shatter a relationship, beware on that one. And if a leading is creating a lot of unrest in mature Christians around you, you know, you share the leading and they, they go, whoa, 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 slow down. I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying you should step back and question those leadings. Treat them very, very carefully. Ask a lot of questions. You know, work through it. If that leading's from God, 
Well, how do you summon the, the courage to jump? How do you do that? Well, I think you've got to remember what may be at stake here. You, you've got to push against the fear and just obey. Take the risk. Cooperate with God. Say yes. All right, Lord. I give. I'm in. What is it you want me to do? And, and just take that first step. You're not going to have all the details, but you just got to say yes. Even if it seems dangerous, illogical, leadings rarely have all the details. We walk by faith. We walk by faith, not sight. You know, the Hebrew writer says, but without faith, no one can please God. Faith, not sight. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, there comes a point when God's leading you that God just asks, he says, do you trust me? Well, let's find out. Jump, jump, jump. You know, years ago, um, right before I moved down to the River Bend area, I uh, had a guy I played hoops with uh, for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, I'll be careful how it says. He's coming to church regularly and really involved. In, uh, but there was, like, no dent in him. You know, he was uh, Mr. Self-Sufficient is how I would describe him. And so I had a couple weeks left, left in Springfield, and uh, uh, we were moving, moving down here, Riverbend there, new, new for us. But the Holy Spirit just kind of nagging at me. Then I'm supposed to call him. I'm supposed to go to lunch with him is what I felt like God was saying to me. And so... I'm like, yeah, I've only got a couple of weeks, you know. I want to spend it with my closest friends and the people who have been in the trenches with me for 10 years, that that's really where I wanted to spend my time. And, but God just kept pushing. And so finally I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll call him. So I called him, set up the, set up the lunch, and uh, we uh, uh, took and... Uh, I, next day, I'm heading to the restaurant, and I'm in the car, and I'm thinking, okay, God, I'm going to lunch. Now what? And it was like nothing, just nothing, just silent, you know. And so sat down with him, and uh, we're eating lunch, and I'm thinking, okay, God, any time now, and we're, we're chit-chatting, and uh, he's, he's talking business, and then, and then it was like, the Holy Spirit just swept in and goes, share the gospel with him, Chris. Chris needs to hear this. And I'm like, what? What? It, just in the, in the middle, it's like a hard, hard press. So I'm like, okay. Chris is talking business. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's a moment of truth. Am I, am I going to be faithful or be disobedient? And am I going to trust God and just jump in? Or am I going to disobey? And it was like, okay, Lord, here I go. I go, Chris, do you know why 
you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's like, what? <laughs> and I just started sharing the gospel message. I mean, I just cut him off. I interrupted him. And I'm like, Chris, God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And I talked to him about the difference between relationship and religion and Christianity. And I talked to him about how to inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ. Chris got really quiet. He would not make eye contact with me. It was very uncomfortable. And so by the time we finished lunch, we said our goodbyes. I headed to my car, and as I'm walking to my car, I'm going, oh, what's up with that, God? I mean, did I miss something or what? Or what? Nothing. Silence. Kind of bugged me for the next few hours. My phone rings, and it's Chris. He goes, you know what I did after lunch? I'm like, no. He said, I got down on my knees in my office, and I prayed. I just said, God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. He said, I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Time Moved down here. I got a call a couple months after this conversation. It was his girlfriend, and she called. She says, uh, Chris has a brain tumor. It just come on. He doesn't have much time left. He died about two weeks later. Here's what I want you to get. Chris is in heaven. That's the reality. And it all tracks back to a leading. And friends, I would not trade that for anything in this world. No amount of money. I would not. God leading me, me trusting God, and jumping even when I don't know why I'm jumping. See, leadings from God open doors. Leadings from God are fantastic. They bring fulfillment in life. They are part of the Christian adventure. The fact that that I'm here today, it all tracks back to leadings in life. The fact that I'm speaking as a pastor tracks back to leadings and other people's lives that led me to take this step. The fact that you're at Faith Fellowship, it's about leadings that bring people forward. The fact that you're having the experience that you're having, it's about leadings that it has everything to do with leadings. They're powerful and they change lives. And I don't know how I can say it any more convincingly, but God loves you. And God wants to communicate with you. And God wants to lead you and guide you and take you places you'd never go or dream of, but it'll be the best experience of your life. And see, I'm just silly enough to believe that if you're still enough in your life, and if you're always willing 
to receive direction from God. God will lead you. God wants you to walk by the Spirit, not by sight. Anybody can do that. By the Spirit. And God wants you to take a risk. And the question is, are you going to trust him? And are you willing to jump? And here's what I do know. Right now, there is a whole variety of leadings that are taking place in your lives. Holy Spirit's been trying to lead you for a while. I mean, trying to lead some of you in different areas. And I, I believe for some of you, he's trying to lead you to, to reconcile some relationship that's broken in your life. For some of you, he's been trying to get you to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, get things straightened out there. For some, it's get out of the stands and get on the field of faith. I believe there's some that God's been trying to lead you and get you to quit playing Christian and just be a Christian. Trying to get some of you to make a commitment to attend worship regularly. Make it part of your routine instead of, ah, I'll show up if I don't have anything better to do. Trying to get some of you to serve in some way, to start giving regularly, to put God first in everything in your life. For some of you, God's been trying to get you to quit living a lie, quit living in sin, share your faith, whatever. I don't know what the leading is in your life. You fill in the blank, but that thing you're thinking about right now, that's, a, that's maybe it, maybe it. And friends, whatever it is, that thing, test it, all right? Make sure it's from God. Make sure it connects with God's word, syncs up. Make sure it's built into your uniqueness. And make sure it's not just, oh, this will move me ahead, but it's actually, usually it'll be something that you sacrifice. But if it is a leading from God, there's only one thing you can do. Jump. You just jump. You push against the fear. You take the risk and jump. You what? Jump. That's how you follow God. That's the best life. You start living that way, it, cha- it changes everything. It'll put a, a hop in your step and bring a little life to something that feels like drudgery sometimes. So let, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, I know that uh, your Holy Spirit's whispering right now. God, whatever that leading is. God, I pray that uh, if it's your Holy Spirit, that you'd give every person here the courage to 
just jump, to say yes. God, we don't need the details. God, we're going to trust you. We know you have the best, the best way for us in our lives. God, we're just going to trust you and just jump. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're there to make us aware, to help us navigate, to help us walk in your ways, in the best ways. And God, we give you the glory and we give you the praise with all we say and all we do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And God's people said, amen. Today we're uh, celebrating in communion. And uh, if you haven't been with us before, uh, you should have received, if you haven't received communion element, just raise your hand, the ushers will come down. But, and these are a little tricky, there's... uh, kind of to pull the first tab off and you'll find the the wafer and then the next tab pull off for the juice. These represent, you know, Jesus' body was broken for us and he died for us and he spilled his blood for us for the forgiveness of sin and so as we partake as a congregation, I think it's a time that we examine ourselves, you know. Am I being faithful to God? What's God calling me to? It's a time we can, you know, that junk in our life, we can just go, okay, Lord, I'm reminded you died for my sins, and you just give them to God again. Just go, you've got them. I I want to be done with them. I want to be forgiven again and again, new mercies every day. You remember those things. And then you celebrate. You celebrate that we serve a risen Savior that loved us so much he died for us. And so partake of the, the bread. Take and eat, for this is his body. Broken for you. If you'd been the only person on the planet, Jesus died for you. And Jesus that night, he passed to his disciples the cup, said it was a new covenant, a new day, new beginning, and so partake of his blood that was spilled for you. Our holy God, God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you were willing to come to this world to take on human flesh and to die for us. God, we're humbled by that. Who loves like that? God, I pray that um, as we have partaken of these elements that we remember every breath, every step, that you're our God and you loved us that much. God, may it define us. May we live accordingly. And so when it gets tough, Lord, help us to remember to just be faithful and obedient to you. God, I thank you.
for the opportunity to celebrate in communion. God, help us to live our lives accordingly, to be a light in this world as we leave this place. We give you the glory, we give you the praise this day and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. May you go in peace. May the love of God uh, see you through this week. Amen.